Welcome to Rondu, the Resolutionary Podcast. I am Rondu, the Resolutionary, and I would like to share with you first, before we get started with our very first podcast, I would like to share with you why this podcast was created. The podcast was created to have a platform that welcomes and embraces wise people from the communities in which we live, young and older, to have a voice. What I mean is, a lot of times you hear other news outlets and they have guests or they're talking on their show, but you find that most of those people are just a bunch of intellectuals having conversation amongst themselves and at the same time, in some form or fashion, maybe trying to get some type of uh, promotion of their book or some other come up. All right, let's be honest about that. What will be unique about Ron Do the Res- Resolutionary Podcast is that individuals of various ages, ethnicities, and socioeconomical backgrounds will be welcome to join the podcast to discuss their perspectives of current events, real life, and live life situations, and how they persevered, overcame, and still endures life's challenges. My guests shall and will attempt to enlighten our listeners by imparting their wisdom to our listeners in hopes to change lives for the betterment of the society in which we live. In short, be prepared to learn. So going forward, our first podcast begins at a time when we have a national crisis going on. We have uh, protests, violent protests that are taking place as a result of another black man being killed, another unarmed black man being killed in the hands of the police. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name this particular first podcast, George Floyd, why and how he was killed. And later we'll have a guest that will explain to you all through their professionalism and their knowledge of how George Floyd was actually killed in the hands of police. So what I'm going to do is to keep it simple was that I'm going to share with you all the reasons why, the various reasons why George Floyd was killed and why he died. John Hawkins, year 1555. Racism. Structural racism, the Ku Klux Klan, white supremacy, institutional racism, racial discrimination, segregation, Jim Crow laws, bigotry, health disparities, implicit bias, Cognitive dissonance, income inequality, education inequality, job discrimination, unequal rights, mass incarceration of black men, white privilege, systematic, or should I say systemic racism. Now, Those are the key factors. All of those are key factors that contributed to uh, George Floyd's death. 
But when we're looking at systemic racism, I want you to understand what happens or what creates systemic racism. They have a term within the criminal justice or should I say Department of Justice system called the DMC. That's D as in disproportionate, M, minority, C, contact. So disproportionate minority contact by law enforcement in under, underprivileged black and brown communities, which then you have, last but not least, excessive force by police. So therefore, the idiotic notion that George Floyd's death was due to underlying health conditions was and still is bullshit. So with that being said, going forward, I'm going to introduce my first guest of the show, who is a scientist who can explain to you in their way, in her way, how George Floyd died. But before we get started with our first guest, I'd like to introduce and give you a little bit of history about our guest. Our guest today, her name is Ms. Daphne Smith. She brings 22 years of teaching experience in the field of science. She has developed and strengthened skills as a science educator. As a science coach with Orange County Public Schools in Florida, Ms. Smith provided 11 teachers in her department with ongoing best practices for student mastery in science literacy, science reasoning, and inquiry. Her training as a clinical educator allowed her to assist teachers in their professional development and learning. Upon Ms. Smith's completion of the Wide World Program with the School of Education at Harvard University, she utilized methods of instruction to grasp the attention of students by making science concepts relative to their understanding at various levels. Students were able to make sense of the academic language of science. Her lessons addressed thought-provoking key questions and students were able to conduct scientific investigations embedded with the key questions and supported by student data class consensus, and claim and evidence. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest, Ms. Daphne Smith. Ms. Smith, are you there? Hello, hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. Glad to have you here on our first show with Ron Do the Resolutionary. I'm definitely excited about tonight's conversation. I've been playing this incident over and over in, in my head. And I must say that this is a conversation that needs to be had. It's well overdue. However, it needs to be a conversation, which is hard, said with love. So my comments, my evidence, my scientific thinking, my perspective, not so much my opinion, because at this point, it, it, we need to look at the facts. And there's so much scientific, factual evidence throughout this incident that there's no need for opinions. And so when we lean towards a conversation where 
we can embrace facts and embrace them that may seem harsh, that may seem direct. We can move past this level of hate. Great. I, great. I, 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 I didn't want to watch the video in, in, in its entirety because I knew automatically be, before I even watched the full version with um, with a with a heavy heart um, trying to put past emotions and just looking at how he how he was how he came about to losing his life at the hands of this um, officer I looked at the science okay. I immediately looked at there is there, there's, there's got to be an explanation as to scientifically what took place in the, the death the murder mm. of, of George Floyd right right we we had a term coming up in in uh, Brooklyn, New York. We, we used to call ask the question. So what what is the science, Miss Smith? What is the science, Miss Daphne Smith? Tell us what the science is. So we all are governed and protected by the laws of the universe. There are laws of physics, laws of motion, laws of energy, laws of matter. These laws are grounded in everyday function of, of our world. They are not to be defied. They are not to be denounced. Mm. A law is a law. law. There are laws for every aspect of our lives. Okay. Scientifically, these same laws we govern our lives by and we are also protected by as well. So I, when I looked at, so when I looked at the, the, the video, I noticed here is, it clearly is a defy of the law of physics, hmm. particularly the law of Newton's third law of motion for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Second law is a relationship between the amount of force and the amount of mass uh, of an object. And the first law of motion, which is the law of inertia, an object will remain at rest until there is a force exerted on it. Mm -hmm. But in particularly, his death was clearly a defy of Newton's third law. Here's, a, here's an officer... I really don't I really can't speak his name. Right. But I pulled up some I pulled up some information on him. Here's 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 an officer, 44 years of age, 200.9 pounds average weight. I don't know. He he could be he could be heavier than that. Weight is equal to the amount of force that is exerted on an object. If you are standing on the ground, if you're standing on the concrete, if you're sitting in a chair, 
if you're laying in the bed. That amount of force, your weight, is what is exerted on whatever you are sitting on, laying on, sitting in, standing on, etc. Mm-hmm. 200.9 pounds of force was exerted on the neck of George Floyd for nine minutes. Mm. You, you, when you visualize the amount of force on the neck of a citizen unarmed, handcuffed, laying horizontally on the ground, parallel to the ground, there was no chance for George Floyd to survive that encounter. There was no chance. He had no chance of surviving, getting up off of that ground. Absolutely none. So that was the first thing that I initially went to. The second thing I went to was in the law of physics, there is an opportunity for the person or object who's exerting a certain amount of force to exceed an additional amount of force that is equal or greater to his or her own weight. Hmm. I watched the video and I noticed that the officer began to kind of lean in very slightly. You couldn't hardly see it, but I, I watched it very carefully and I asked myself that question, was he moving at all, turning it at all, at the right. slightest angle on the neck of George Floyd? And he was. Oh, okay. So that told me problem number two. Not only did he exert naturally his weight, over 200 pounds of force on his neck, the, the more he turned, the more he changed the angle of his body mm-hmm. was the more force that he applied on that man, on George's neck. So you're saying, if you don't mind if I interject with the question, so you're saying as he as his knee was on uh, uh, George Floyd's neck, he was kind of like in his own way, grinding his knee into yes. his neck like he yes. was. But, but he was doing it in a way where you can barely see it. Yes. With just the, if you just glimpsed at yes. the video, you were so focused on George, you didn't see that he was like yes. kneeling hard. Okay, I understand yes. now. Okay, just so, want to make sure. So, so then <clears> you have to, so then you you have to understand uh, 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 the point about the, the amount of the amount of force that he is exerting on purpose mm-hmm. on the neck of George. When you looked at his hands in his in his pockets. When you're balancing your weight, you typically are going, you're typically going to hold on or going to hold on to something. You typically are going to brace yourself. But he purposely put his hands in his pockets and he braced himself by ensuring that his neck was positioned in the right spot. So there was no teetering of his body, if you notice. As George began to say, I can't breathe, help, please, please, I can't breathe, mm-hmm. he began to turn 
his body even more. Oh, okay. And and wouldn't that also looking at the video, you only see you know the upper part of his body, shoulder almost shoulder to head. Weren't there other officers? We got to keep in mind there were other officers on the other end, unbeknownst right. at first, like that right. was holding them down because you didn't see that video. So what right. about they? What they were doing on that end? How did that contribute to? Uh... So right. So here we go. Problem number three. So you have his normal. We call it normal force. Normal force is is the amount of weight of the person that is either that was on on his neck on on the 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 neck that is not can't even can't even sustain a certain amount that amount of force right you 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 also have to take into the account the movement of his body to press down harder and mm-hmm. press down more exerting more, more force so that's the third point is you have to take into the account of the amount of weight that his bulletproof vest served or um, entailed, the amount of his waist belt, uh, the amount of weight his waist belt, the the weight that was placed by the other officers on his body. Okay, right, right. Because we definitely have to keep in mind it was other officers on the other part of his body, exactly. Which 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 caused uh, which which uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Which definitely. Um, Miss Miss George Floyd was unable to move, so he couldn't be, he right. couldn't move around. He couldn't adjust. At so all. another we, right. So we we call we call that we, there was no there's no room for displacement. Displacement means where that that force can evenly be distributed. There was no way. All of that force went straight to George's neck. Okay. When you okay. look at when you when you look at something that is very heavy. Like uh, uh, it begins to it begins to sink. So that force is going straight to George. No force was being able to go back to the officer because he was on our, he was he was handcuffed, laying flat on the ground, which was intentional. Right, which 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 means there was no resistance. There was no way of resisting. Naturally, the they're supposed to. Naturally, they're supposed they're supposed to. Especially because he can't he can't breathe and he's he needs to shift his body in order to breathe. That was not there was no opportunity for George to 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 escape um, the the demise of his true intentions. Right. So, Miss Miss Smith, uh, Daphne, let me let me you know, let me ask you this here. So, when we're looking at force, what what are we looking at from the standpoint of excessive force from the police when this was excessive. This was actually some force that was used excessively. Yes. So explain to me, I know you, 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 you have a concept about fight, flight, and freeze. So can you give me your, uh, in closing, can you give me your information, the short version of fight, fight, and freeze, you, you know, your succinct uh, definition of fight, fight, and freeze, and how that applies to excessive force with police officers today? Well, when you when when you look at it, when you when you look at the horrific incident that happened um, when George Floyd was killed, officers have the mindset that they can calculate, they can determine, they can detect the amount of force that is reasonable. I had a conversation with an officer 
a few months a few months back and i told that officer that is humanly impossible you would have to be a physicist you would actually have to calculate the amount of force that would be reasonable to stop if you even saw you know if you had to stop a, a citizen at that at that moment hmm. the other point to this whole uh, situation is everyone has a natural stress response okay i call it i call it the initial stress response i also call it the um stress instinct in action mm-hmm. um some some people fight meaning they they fight to uh to avoid the threat to avoid the stress to avoid right. the traumatic experience right. some people flee they they flee they run to escape right. the stress to escape the traumatic experience to escape the threat now here again i want to put the disclaimer out here because george floyd did express did sense that there was a threat right and so we don't we don't look at this we don't look at the citizen as being able to detect a threat. We always look at the officer or law enforcement portraying some type of threat. But that's not the case. And this is where this is a, a huge problem. I even I mean this is this is an epidemic to be honest. Mm. Because the 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 and I'm not even calling him a I, he is a citizen he is a citizen in the community he was supposed to be protected and he was not because he he was portrayed as a threat but he sensed a threat so that part of the threat again you know uh george floyd perceived a threat so therefore uh he 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 was he was going to try to initially fight off the threat and then you mentioned about um, he fleeing. You talked about fleeing. What we do naturally respond, we try to flee to avoid the traumatic threat. And what else, what other 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 aspect of that um, that you can uh, and then so express? We have, right. So then the so the third stress. So then the third stress. Then natural stress response is freeze. Okay. We freeze. stop dead in our tracks. We stop. We analyze. We don't speak. We're non. We're non. Non vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the. Those are. Those are the indicators that a person is in freezing mode. This is all na- a natural response that is response uh, responsible of occurring through our sympathetic nervous system. Our sympathetic nervous system naturally kicks in, identifies, oh, oh my gosh, there's a threat. Here's my go-to. Our parasympathetic nervous system is that off switch that naturally brings the uh, our body to a calm state. Mm-hmm. So when you look at when you look at George Floyd and when you look at the officer who murdered him, you you can't determine a person's natural 
initial stress response. You can't you can't determine that. A police officer cannot determine that. So we so we as not only as citizens that should be protected by uh, the police department, you know, uh, we all possess uh, fight, flight, and freeze. Correct. Correct. You know those 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 impulses. We all and correct. on both sides from the from the citizen who's being arrested or whatever you want to call it, and exactly. from the officer. So you so right. you can't this determine person. what who's who has what what character that person right. has. I mean, okay, how they deal with stress. Okay. I mean even I mean even if we look even when we look at young people, we look at children. Mm-hmm. They have they have a natural they have a they have an initial stress response that they exhibit. When they, and when I said when they, when they experience a time of threat or a time of stress, which they are entitled to. Right. When they sense danger to their well-being, it naturally kicks in. Law enforcement cannot defy the law and say that that is not happening in the body of, of a citizen. Okay. So we have, right. So we have this disconnect that is that is causing law enforcers to murder innocent young people. Okay. So so it sounds like to me, based on the information in closing of our uh, podcast, it sounds like to me that that there's something that has to be done. What do you suggest, and what do you think should be done? based on the information that you share with myself and my audience, which I think is, is very insightful. What, what do you think that needs to be done going forward with, with our uh, uh, police departments? Or what do you think? What do you suggest? How do we, well, how do we combat that? How do we deal with that? Well, just like fortune 500 companies invest in these psycho analytical questionnaires and surveys to, know the 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 mindset of the people they hire Mm -hmm. and the people that they invest in in their company to stay and to work for them and to be their to be their voice and be their brand it's the same way that law enforcement has to go about their practices and their training they have to identify who they really are when it comes to their initial stress response their stress we can agree to that community members are stressed citizens are stressed Mm. but how are they how are they identified through the training that they are receiving to go out there and protect and serve they are not there there there's nothing in the training that allows them to be able to identify whether they are a fighter i'm a i took the test i'm Mm -hmm. a fighter i mean it was it was hands down i knew it but I just had to take the test to see if it was true. Right. So these officers are not getting, they're not getting the proper training in in reference to what they are instinctively doing without training, without uh, an oath. What is their go-to? The second thing is that training's got to look differently based on your initial stress response. Mm. You have to train your fighters a certain way. You right. have to train your your officers who freeze in the moment. You have to tra- train your fleers officers 
differently as well. Right. And that is not that's not happening. Okay. That's that sounds that sounds very interesting you will put it that way. Um because again that, that I guess that will be a way you can determine what officers are are patrolling certain neighborhoods. Exactly. Where, there, where, there, where there's a lot of, like what I said earlier, uh, DMC, dip, disproportionate minority contacts and what type of stresses are going on in those neighborhoods. Yes. So you should, so, and again, I, and I, that's what I'm, I'm gathering uh, based on me going to different community events as well and, you know, shootings here in the Charlotte area. But listen, I, I you know, I think that your information is very valid and I know we're coming on the close and I, I would definitely love to, have you to come back on the show to, to share more in-depth information, especially, I think, what you call that response? What, what was the test called again? So mm-hmm. it's called the, to, I, I coined it, it's called the initial stress response. The initial or, stress response, yes. okay. So what we have to do, uh, Ms. Smith, I think, is we want to know how we can take that test ourselves at some point. Um, I don't know if, if, I don't know if you can share with how we would take that, that test ourselves or do you, or do you think we can have you come back on the show? I don't know how long how long it will take for you to explain. Yes, I would, I would love to. I would definitely okay. would, would love to share because it's, it's, okay. it's much more to this fight, flight, or freeze. Okay, I got you. So with, with that being said, um, I know we're closing out right now on the show. I would love to have you back with a, with a part two because I think Absolutely. there's so much that's going on right now. There's so many other things we haven't covered, and I, and I don't want to overwhelm my audience on our first broadcast so we're going to have a part two and that's the, to be determined um the goal is to have a, a podcast once a week but with all that's going on it, it may be in the next couple of days or before the week is out so i like for my audience to please stand by and we would love to have you a part two of you explaining how we can uh deal with that that test and also how we can uh get some other guests on the show who uh who, who are leaders in the community and uh maybe we can collaborate in some form or fashion to get that information out but with that being said, I'd like to just say thank you, uh, Daphne Smith, for uh, coming on to the first show. Thank you for, for giving us that vital information. And um, in closing, do you, is there anything you want to say in closing before we close the show? I, I just want to say science, you know, science reveals all truth. So. Okay. Right. I, I believe that, you know, like what's the science? Science uh, everything is science. I think I've heard you say that before. Everything yeah. is science. Everything. everything. Okay. And with that being said, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ms. Daphne Smith. Thank you. Um, thank, you thank you so much. And again, uh, I like to end the show. This is uh, Ron Duda Resolutionary. This was our first first uh, podcast here on June 1st, uh, 2020. And thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, tune in on our next show. And again, thank you so much for joining. And with that being said, peace and blessings to you all, to all my listeners. And thank you again, Ms. Smith. And we'll see you on part two of the show. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Peace.